Okay, well, we are here on the phone uh, with Nancy Eaton, uh, who is the president of the United Way of Central New York. Nancy, thanks so much for being on the podcast with us. Oh, thanks for having me. So um, we've spoken before. We've had Ray on uh, the podcast. We've had a couple of the leaders from different organizations that the United Way uh, supports here in Central New York and that they work with. Um, And we just actually, Stephanie's episode uh, just released this morning. Um, who, uh, Stephanie, the chair of the board for the United Way of Central New York. Um, and everyone has told, told us, uh, what the United Way represents in their own words. And I'm going to ask you the same question. Can you tell us, tell the listeners, uh, what the United Way of Central New York represents to you? What it represents to me is a real reflection of the Central New York community's desire to help people in need. And the reason I say that is because the history of our United Way, which is a local nonprofit, as you know, with a local board of directors, began in 1917 when the mayor of Syracuse brought together 100 community leaders to present what he called his war plan for fighting poverty and need. And he asked them to join him in getting people from throughout the community to invest together in one fund that could then be used to make sure that whatever the need, there were services available. And that's how our United Way began. So his goal in 1917 was to raise $600,000, which is still a lot of money. And believe it or not, our community in less than three weeks raised over $1.1 million dollars And that's how our United Way began. So for me, United Way is the community's investment in action to make sure that whatever the need, people have help when they need it. Yeah, I love that. Um, I remember we we had recorded this, uh, recorded a conversation last week that we had some technical issues with. And you had told me that story about the mayor and bringing those community leaders, those community leaders back or together back in 1917. And uh, that's just such an amazing story uh, to hear and to think about. Uh, I mean, $600,000 is a lot of money today, especially uh, back in 1917. And uh, just to hear that story and everybody coming together for the greater good is, is just so comforting. Um, and I think about when you were just saying that I was just thinking about today, you know, we are in, um, really, uh, the word has been overused and overused and overused, but unprecedented times right now, uh, in our community. And, um, uh, and I'm sure that, you know, we still have a long road to go. Um, has there been any, and I know that I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask the question anyways, has there been any, um, meetings like that or meetings of the mind or, uh, yourself and other nonprofit organization, presidents or leaders getting together and talking about uh, things that, you know, can be done for the community uh, with everything happening uh, surrounding COVID-19? Actually, it has been remarkable, and yet not, the way this community has come together. So when we all first realized this was a big deal. So back in March, um, really sort of two big things happened. One was the county executive's office called us, called me and asked if we would coordinate volunteers because they knew we were going to need people to volunteer to help um, with whatever was coming. So we said, of course. 
And the other thing was that Peter Dunn from the Central New York Community Foundation and I had a conversation and said, what if we joined together, created one fund, and then anyone in the community that wanted to help deal specifically with needs that come up because of COVID could give to that one fund. And so we created that fund, which was housed at the Community Foundation. They actually provided the first $300,000 of funding and an amazing, really this coalition of heads of all our local foundations joined together to look at every single application. There was an online application. We reviewed them quickly. And it was really, and the county and the city were a part of those conversations. So we raised over $1.8 million, which we then were able to give out in grants as small as a couple thousand dollars, up to maybe $50,000 to very small grassroots groups, small churches that were feeding people all the way up to the large organizations that were providing uh, COVID relief. So whether it was food whether it was providing um, funding for nonprofits to become virtual so that they could continue to connect with people who needed their services. Um, It was amazing to see how we responded. And I think everyone in this community can feel really proud of what we've been able to do. That said, obviously the numbers are higher than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. So we know that there's much more to come. I mean, we, we are uh, mobilizing volunteers again. We know that food is a big need. Applications for SNAP, which many people think of as food stamps, are up. And we know that something looming on the horizon uh, is the housing issue, because yeah. right now there's been a moratorium on evictions. If that's list, lifted in January, we don't know what's going to happen. So we're preparing, you know, to try to assess what we think might happen. And again, for me, the most important message of all is that we are all talking. So government leaders, leaders of the funders, leaders of the human service organizations, faith-based organizations, to try to do everything we can to prepare and then respond and rebuild. What do you think is the most important thing that the community could do right now. I mean, I think of there have been um, with all of the things that have happened uh, throughout, uh, you know, our history, right. As a country, as a, as a community, even um, there's always seemed like there's, you know, the, the community at large coming together to, to work together to help those in need. And um, just kind of like an overall feeling of, of support, like overall feeling of togetherness, I suppose. And I, you know, obviously I can't speak for, for everyone. I felt like there hasn't necessarily been that, um, at least in the COVID-19 world that there hasn't felt like everyone has come together to kind of, you know, support each other or provide this or provide that. So what do you, in your opinion, what do you think is the, if you could say that there is just one thing, which I'm sure there's plenty of things, but what's the one thing that you think is missing from that support that we need to uh, to gather together for the community? I think the best answer to that is that I hope everyone will support organizations they've always supported because 
think about what matters in our community, right? What makes Central New York such a great place to live? And, you know, while we at United Way sort of say we do people, like we're in the people business and and helping people in need and whatever that need might be, we want a community that offers a a rich arts menu, right? And recreational opportunities. And so what I would say is that I hope people will support everything that they've always supported. Mm -hmm. And then I also hope that they'll listen to hear whether there are special things they can do. For example, I know the Red Cross needs blood donors all the time. Yeah. And that has not changed during COVID. If anything, it's probably greater. And, you know, they can't keep the blood forever. So they have to keep filling the supply. So what we've said to folks all along is if you're able to donate blood, please continue to do that, just as an example. Um, If you are under 65, we may be able to use you in the coming months through volunteercny.org if we do have to start helping deliver meals to people who aren't able to get out. If folks are over 65, and and honestly, that's the the largest group of folks who volunteer, right? Because they Mm. probably have more time. Um, It's really hard because we can't have you doing a lot of those things during COVID. There are ways that people can reach out though, whether it's writing cards to seniors who are in nursing homes or in a faith works, Um, you know, sort of there are opportunities. So what I would say is people can go to volunteersny.org, which is the website we're proud to host for the community and look to see, you can actually sort of type in a keyword if you have a particular type of a cause you're interested in. It's because it's not just about human services. And see if any of the organizations that do things that you support are looking for volunteers in any way. I think one of the hardest parts has been everybody wants to help. And yet the reality is we're supposed to stay home as much as we can. And, and that, you know, I think that's probably why you felt like people weren't connecting. And I mean, I will tell you that I have been inspired by the people who've reached out. I mean, for example, you know, we have companies right now that are closed. Mm -hmm. So they normally do what we call a United way campaign, right? They invite their employees to give a dollar or two or five out of each paycheck. And um, there are companies right now saying, we're really sorry, but all of our people are still laid off. Mm. And yet there are people who normally make gifts who are maybe giving a little more. And I think it's because they realize these are hard times for so many people who have joined the ranks of the unemployed, maybe for the first time, people who were working in sectors. And you know all about this, Anthony, because you're such an expert on local restaurants. And (laughs) I mean, think about that industry right now. Mm -hmm. How many people working in the hospitality restaurant industries aren't working? And what are those folks doing, right? And so I think that's how... You know, if people want to make a donation to us or to anyone who's helping with um, those in need, you know, if you're able, now's the time for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've been speaking with restaurant owners in the who are in the orange zone, and um, you know, 
some of them that I've spoken with, obviously not all of them, but some of them have had their employees that they had to lay off, um, have had an extraordinarily difficult time uh, getting back on unemployment. And uh, solely for the fact of um, that it's just kind of, I, I assume it's just a, sort of like a red flag uh, trigger in maybe normal circumstances um, that you would have an in, individuals going on unemployment so quickly again in the same year. And um, so they're, they're having to jump through quite a few hoops, unfortunately. Um, and I'm sure that that's not just the few that I've spoken with, but I'm sure that a lot of are struggling with it. And, you know, I, I'm always reminded of the two and one number that, you know, we've had on the podcast before and Ray's has mentioned in the episode that we recorded with him and just that information for those services that people may need. Um, and that's something that obviously uh, the United Way is a close partner with and a service that is provided. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned it. I, I think, you know, one of the one of the key factors <laughs> in sort of this COVID response has been the ability of of the two one one team and they've done an extraordinary job of tracking which food pantries are open, what are their hours, how do people get various kinds of services, and the the volume of calls that they have managed. So just in case anyone is hearing this um Information for the first time, 211 is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week hotline that is answered by a person who's awake. So if you're like me, my problems seem the worst at 3 a.m. So if you want, you can call someone who's awake and ready to help you think about the kinds of services you might need. So a perfect example could be, let's say you have an aging parent and they're starting to forget your name and they're starting to leave the stove on and they're, you have no idea what to do. You don't know what services are out there. You can call 211 and not only can they give you information about the different services that are available, but they actually have a wonderful free service that was created locally by the uh, 211 call center, which is operated by Contact Community Services. We're proud to help fund them. And the county is a big funder. But they can register your family member for what they call telecare, which means that they can, let's say your mom has to take medicine at a certain time each day. They'll call her each day to check in and say, have you had a chance to take your medicine? Just wanted to make sure everything's going okay. They send them holiday cards, birthday cards. It's another caring person in, in your loved one's life. So it's a wonderful free service that anyone can register for. But 2-on-1 has done an, a phenomenal job. I mean, when we uh, were, you know, a number of weeks into this initially, um, the county uh, realized how many people weren't able to get out to get food. And so a special phone line was created. So senior citizens predominantly, but also some others who couldn't get out could register and 211 answer that phone line as well. And we had almost 2,000 people registered for that at one point, right in this community. So, you know, 211 is an amazing, amazing service. And we hope folks will realize they're not going to treat you over the phone. It's not, they're not giving you any sort of, they're going to help you get information, whether it's housing, mental health services, food, help paying your utilities 
all of those things. Daycare, where there are child care slots. I mean, they just have so much information they can link you to. And it's a it's really a great service. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I am um, so grateful for everything that um, the United Way of Central New York is doing. Uh, so grateful for all the organizations that you help fund and that you partner with. Um, and you know, I've said it plenty. I've said it now a few times on the podcast uh, when I've had these conversations, and that is the um, uh, just the gratitude that I have and the appreciation that I have for the community. Uh, for Central New York, for Syracuse, um, it's amazing to hear of people like yourself, and I'm sure um, you sound like the type of leader that would immediately deflect uh, any um, compliments to your staff. <laughs> but uh, you know, I just can't imagine the the uh, amount of stress uh, that your team has been going through to make sure that these these uh, programs are funded and that people are getting the support that they need. Um, it's such a critical time in our history, and I'm just so appreciative that uh, you exist and that you're doing what you're well, doing. Well, Anthony, first of all, you're right. What I'm going to say to you is we have an amazing team, and, and not only do we have an amazing staff team, but we have an incredible board of directors who are always there. I mean, you're talking a board of 40 people mm. who are with us every month, who are volunteering, who are helping drive this. And, and truly, they're in charge. I mean, our board of directors are local people who make the decisions about how any any money that comes into us is spent. What I would also say is that, you know, United Way, since our history began, really, most of the contributions that came to us were through what we call workplace campaigns, right? So companies that say to their employees, here, here are the things that United Way does. Like number one, United Way researches the needs in the community, and then they research the organizations that have programs to best meet those needs. United Way makes sure that the agencies have the government required match. So they have to have local dollars committed before they can secure the tax dollars, whether it's federal, state, county, even city grants. So as an example, next year, a little over a million dollars that we give out will leverage three and a half more. Mm. And then we give out a few million more besides that. So that's sort of the impact that we provide. And what I would say is that many people think of United Way as helping people in crisis, right? People who are very low income or have had sort of the financial bottom fallout from under them, right? And that's true. We do that. And we focus a lot on poverty and the impacts of poverty and the causes of poverty. And yet need is so much more than that. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, one example I would give you is uh, a family that um, they, they, were, they felt very blessed. They had good jobs, they had a beautiful home, a son, life was great. And then they had a second son. And Something was so different, and ultimately, within not too long, they learned that something was really different, and it wasn't okay different, and they learned that their son has autism, and they realized that although they had money, 
they didn't have any knowledge about how to be parents to this little boy and give him the best possible life and help him thrive. And they realized that need was so much more than money because they found themselves all of a sudden needing that network of services that we support. And another person who loves telling her story is Monica Johnson, who at the age of 29 lost her sight to diabetes. So imagine, if you will, you're working, you're living your life, you got your plans, you got a job and everything, and all of a sudden you start seeing spots. And you go to the doctor and the doctor says, I am really sorry, but because of your type 1 diabetes, you're going to go blind and there's nothing we can do about it. So six months later, she went completely blind. She doesn't see light or anything. And she'll tell you that she thought her life was over. She moved back in with her parents. She thought blind people couldn't do anything. Fortunately, she heard about programs we supported, Aurora of Central New York, and she went to life skills classes to learn how to be an independent person in the world without being able to see. So she is now um, a person who has her own company. She has her own place. She's a great chef. She travels prior to COVID and after COVID, she will again all over the country. And she gives people inspirational messages and speeches about conquering challenges. And she says, United Way is the just-in-case organization, right? Because United Way makes sure that the programs are there and you never know what you might need. And so that's really sort of when people say, well, what do you fund? The answer really is we fund kind of two things. One is that network of services. So we provide operating support to make the numbers work to complement the government funding because often government funding isn't quite enough to deliver a program. And also, as I said, we provide the matching dollars. And then the other thing we do that's so important as we think about impact we are involved in a number of coalitions, initiatives with others in the community focusing on issues that really impact our community in big ways. So it started 11 years ago with literacy when we realized that whether we were talking about children or adults, people in our community were behind a lot of the rest of the state in terms of literacy. So the Dolly Parton Imagination Library came out of that uh, through the formation of the Literacy Coalition of Onondaga County. So bringing together everyone who should be thinking together about a particular issue. So literacy, whether it was children or adults, looking at um, housing. So the Housing and Homeless Coalition, which is a three-county coalition, looks at how can we address homelessness? So how do we work together as a system to help anyone who is homeless? And also how can we think together about preventing homelessness? And we've done the same thing with workforce development. We're proud to be part of WorkTrain, which is an innovative um, way of looking at workforce programming that we do in partnership with Center State and others. And so what we're really looking at is Filling today's needs, making sure people have the services they they need today, and yet what we're really looking at as well is how are we helping people find the solutions long-term? 
And how are we making sure that our community is really giving every single person an opportunity to thrive? So the Early Childhood Alliance came together a few years ago because more and more of our kids were getting ready, getting to school and they weren't ready. So the Early Childhood Alliance really looks at how can we support parents and children so that every child in our community reaches kindergarten ready to succeed. And I will tell you the reason we know more and more kids were not getting to school ready is because the first time every kid in our state takes the same test is third grade. So there's a third grade English language proficiency exam. So as an example, in 2018, 38% of kids in Onondaga County passed the third grade exam. Wow. So there was a recognition that if kids aren't succeeding in third grade, they didn't get to school ready. And so how can we help them? And so it's a very, it's a multifaceted series of strategies where you've got educators and pediatricians and human service agencies and parents, right? Because we have to have the voices of parents helping to drive the work. So all kinds of really important things are happening. And that's really something we believe so much in, right? So it's the whole community together is how we, we get things done best. That's so, that's so great. Well, Nancy, thank you so much again for taking the time to be with us uh, and record this conversation. Um, and, you know, again, just thank you so much for everything that you do. Um, and, uh, you know, for the sacrifices that you and your team make to, to uh, have all of these resources available to the community. Well, thank you for your support. And uh, Eat Local cards are awesome. <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks, uh, Anthony. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, there it is, everybody. Uh, thank you again so much. You know, I really do mean this. It's... Um, it's so wonderful that the United Way exists and for everyone um, in the community, for those that need the support, they have so many organizations there available uh, for you. You have so many resources. Um, for those of you who are listening, you know, Nancy gave had two great examples of families and individuals who never thought that they would ever need to rely on the services, the, the uh, resources that the United Way provides, that their organizations provide. Yeah, there was a time in their life that they did. And, um, you know, maybe many of you are going through that now. Maybe some of you are going through that now. And um, if you need help, by all means, um, search the United Way of Central New York and, uh, and go to their website, see what they have. And like we mentioned, the, the, the phone line 211 is such a great resource for you to help you find the uh, services that you may need. So, again, thank you so much to Nancy and everything that she does. Um, if you didn't know, we have the Eat Local New York card that we sell. And, you know, we started the program because we wanted to, A, drive traffic to locally owned restaurants. We started as a, just a, a local restaurant promoter company um, just on social media and giving some marketing help to some restaurants. And our main objective was just to drive more business to locally owned restaurants. Um, I grew up in a uh, family that was in food service. 
uh, when I was a kid, my parents owned my, even before uh, I was ever born, my, my parents owned restaurants. My father did. And, and when I was a child, my, my parents owned a, a diner when we lived in Kentucky. And I remember they had it for a year and they, they wound up having to close it. And I just remember not only the, um, the sacrifices that they made when they were open, but I remember the heartache and the turmoil that they went through after it closed. And so I just wanted to make sure that I could do something for those other individuals in the central New York Syracuse community who were like my family, who were had sacrificed just about everything and taken a risk uh, for their dream of, of owning and operating their own business, their own restaurant. And so, so that's why we exist, and, and that's the main reason why we exist. The second reason why we exist is to help support organizations and charities such as the United Way of Central New York here in the community. And that's why we donate 20% of all of our sales directly to the United Way. Um, we have set a very, um, a very big goal. It's really not, uh, you know, I say that, um, but I guess it all depends on how you view things. And so it's a big goal for us, and that's to raise $10,000 for the United Way by the end of this year. So by the end of December, to raise $10,000 for them. And the only way we're going to do that is with your help and your support. So if you're listening to this, you haven't purchased an Eat Local New York card, head over to our website, eatlocalnystate.com, and purchase your card today. Um, it's There's so many benefits to it. Not only do you get a $5 discount whenever you go out to eat at one of the 150 participating restaurants on the card, and you spend $25 or more to show your card, you get $5 off your bill. Uh, but it helps support locally owned restaurants, and most importantly, it helps us raise this money for the United Way of Central New York. So thank you so much for listening to the Eat Local New York podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing. That way you'll be up to date the moment a new episode is released. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode specifically, then leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the podcast. That's it for this week. We're going to catch you the next episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. <music>